A new season of Bridgerton is here. And with it, a new season of Bridgerton, the official podcast. I'm your host, Gabby Collins. And this season, we are bringing fans even deeper into the ton. Watch season three of the Shondaland series on Netflix. Then fall in love all over again by listening to Bridgerton, the official podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribe to catch a new episode every Thursday. It's like the police knew who he was before they got here. From iHeart Podcasts. The medical school dean at USC was leading a secret double life. He's breathing right now? Yes, he's absolutely breathing. I'm a doctor, actually. A story about money, power, and corruption. When people fall in line, they fall in line. Looking back, I realized, oh, everyone knew. I'm Paul Pringle, an investigative reporter for the LA Times. Listen to Fallen Angels, a story of California corruption, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast, and I had the opportunity to talk to one of Hollywood's major icons, Michael B. Jordan. In our conversation, Michael shares the highs, the lows, and everything in between, offering a genuine glimpse into his world. The closest to getting what you want is always the hardest. People give up right before they get what they've always wanted to get. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Stephanie J. Block. And I'm Mary Lee Fairbanks. And we host Stages Podcast. Binge close to 100 episodes. Hear the inside stories from backstage and behind the scenes as we go beyond the resume and into the heart of creativity and what it really takes to be in the business of show business. Don't miss our chats with this season's Tony nominees. If you love theater and entertainment, you are going to love Stages Podcast. Subscribe to Stages Podcast wherever you listen to your podcasts and visit us at stagespodcast.net. Hey fam, I'm Simone Boyce. I'm Danielle Robay. And we're the hosts of The Bright Side, the podcast from Hell of Sunshine that's guaranteed to light up your day. Like our recent episode with sisters Regina and Raina King about the why behind their production company, Royal Ties. We have such a huge love for storytelling without walls, without barriers. Listen to The Bright Side from Hello Sunshine on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey guys, it's Sammy J. I am so excited for this episode. In this episode, I had the amazing Phineas on my podcast. He and his sister Billie Eilish are just rewriting the record books on how you create and distribute music. Just take a look at what they did at the Grammys last week, winning a total of 10 Grammys between the two of them. We spoke backstage at a concert where some 20,000 people were waiting to hear him and Billie take the stage. It was just prior to their record-breaking Grammy night. 2018 and 2019 were incredible years for Phineas and Billy, just completely changing their lives. How has it changed? What have they learned from it? And what didn't they see coming is where we started our conversation. Ooh, that's really interesting. Um, I mean, yeah, it doesn't really feel like anything in my life, especially on the day-to-day level, is the same as it was 18 months ago. Like, I oh, think 18 months. Wow. Everything. I think everything was was different then. I mean, but that could be sort of said about like the right. I'm 22, so that would 18 months ago I was 20. You know, I mean, yeah. there's like you could uh, you could kind of say that in just those years of your life. I don't know that it has so much to do with 
the things that have happened in our because you career. also grow as a person. It's hard to tell exactly like twenty eighteen months ago. You're fifteen, right? Yeah, you know, that's, weird. That's pretty wild, you know. Yeah, you. I mean, you're. I'm assuming you're basically a completely different person now than you were at fifteen. Yeah, yeah, I'm a different person than I was like a year ago. I know. Yeah, yeah, and I feel like that. That's all. Are you a? Do you feel like you're a nostalgic? Per, do you miss like being a little kid at all? Or? Oh yeah, Disney okay. Plus. I've been rewatching <laughs> Hannah Montana with like all of my OGs, and it makes me happy because yeah. you know you remember you feel that innocence again. Yeah. But yeah. like I'm trying not to go too deep down it. Yeah. Because then you're just like living in the past. Uh huh. Yeah, that's really interesting. Disney Plus. I love that you brought that up because it's such a good example of like nostalgia factor where oh, yeah. everyone's on there like even Stevens and the Sandlot and oh, the Wizards Sandlot. of Waverly Place and you yes. know all that stuff which is uh, yeah it's so fun to revisit that stuff because um, you get to feel but it's like like I think there are certain elements of that and my girlfriend and I have both done this where you show your significant other or just your close friend a thing that bared like significance in your childhood yeah and you watch it with like the eyes of a of a 17 year old or a 22 year old and you you see all the flaws and you're like that's why you have to be careful you look over at your friend watching it for the first time and you're like oh my god I don't know if this is good or if I just liked it when I was five I know but I will say Sweetie Von Zack and Cody and Hannah Montana does hold up no it doesn't Yes, it does. It absolutely does not. I disagree with you completely. Well, you're 17. Yeah, that's true. So maybe you're I'm still, still the target in it. Yeah, I'm still in it. I was whatever, like eight when that, those shows. What was your were go-to urging. Disney show? Those shows. I loved those, those shows? shows. Yeah, yeah. Do you know that Jason Earls, the brother of Hannah Montana, was like 35 yeah. when they were filming it? I I remember finding that out like in like the third or fourth season and got so weirded out by it. Crazy, right? It like freaks you out. It does kind of freak you out because in the show he's like 17. 35. (laughs) I remember, and this is, uh, you know, much respect to Jason Earls. I'm not trying to slander him, but my friend Katie McCary worked at a diner and she was like, yeah, Jason Earls comes into the diner a lot. He always wears like, like a baseball cap and like sunglasses and his hood up. And I'm always like, dude, chill out. You're not that famous. (laughs) But you know what is if he feels good, that's all that matters. But I, I think that is sort of the the implication that he that he's self-conscious and he doesn't want people bother. You know what I mean? Yeah. That he's like basically in disguise. Yeah. And her point was like, how many people are going to bother like, like like a post-Hannah Montana I would. mania? I totally would. Right. Yeah. Well, I'm the se- he's trying to hide from me. Yeah, and I the guess 17-year-old. So. Maybe you just grow a beard, a gray beard of a <laughs> yeah. 40-year-old. Yeah, he's probably that post. age now. He was He had kids and a wife during the show. Stop. Yeah. Crazy, right? You're like shattering my hand on I'm so sorry. Wow, it's a coming of age moment. Yeah. Oh my God. So I'm saying you can't know these things, go back and watch it. It doesn't hold up. That's true. Yeah. Wow. Oh my God. Wait, I'm still processing that. Yeah. But, and the, I mean, but we, uh, Billy and Claudia and I watched the, the final. I'd never, it's one of those things where like, I guess I grew up faster than the show was airing. And the yeah. other day, we were like, well, how did Wizards of Waverly Place end? And we watched like the final two episodes of the I show. Forget. Do you want me to? Yeah. Okay, spoor, spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. Of this <laughs> podcast. Um, Alex wins the wizard competition. Right. And, and she gets, gets to, to keep stay her powers. And then Justin becomes the headmaster of the school at like 18 years old. And what he also do? gets to keep his powers. And Max just takes over the family sandwich <laughs> yeah. shop and is and is so good. completely stoked about it. Can't believe his luck. Clearly. And and the parents in the show, when you rewatch it, clearly play favoritism. Think the other two kids are brilliant. Think Max is a real dud. Yeah. Really don't root for him at all. Don't give him the support. That's crazy. Yeah. It was sad. Made me sad for him. 
what's just moving on from because I can't focus on ruining any more of my childhood memories. Yeah. Um, how many songs do you write a year? That's an interesting question. I don't really count. Um, if you had to estimate from like 2019. Um, I mean, it depends. We one of the funny things about the, especially the way that I work with Billy is we don't we don't a lot of the time artists will write like 40 songs and then put out like a 12 song album. Yeah. And we just we just make the songs that end up coming out. We sort of it's a little bit like writing a script for a movie or something. Like we just write a beginning and a middle and an end and then yeah. and then and then we work on those until we're really satisfied with them. So, I mean, you know, there weren't there weren't like tons of songs during the when we all fall asleep writing period that that didn't come out. We just were writing those songs and then and then recording them and working on them and fixing lines. Um, but you know, I I sort of I write a little bit like um you might like if you were like a marathon runner, you'd like you'd try to keep running regularly to keep your like stamina up. I guess yeah. like I kind of try to write songs in that fashion where like if I have a week where I haven't written a song, I I feel like I'm getting lazy, so I'll go sit down and write a so song. So you do it at least once a week. Yeah, I mean, I, yeah, I mean, I think oftentimes a song is kind of like a one sitting thing. It like, takes like about an hour or two. And then sometimes like I get somewhere and, and then I revisit it over long periods of time. Like I Love You was like a one a one night uh, song. Such a good song. Thanks so much. I'm so glad you like it. It's so beautiful. And I think it's just one of the songs that's timeless. Thank you so much. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Well, that's that. I mean, I can't say that about my own stuff. Why but not? I, it really means a lot that you say that. Um, I think hubris. I think it's one of the many things the Internet doesn't really like about people it's just people bragging about themselves which people do a lot on the internet but um, yeah I mean that song uh, that song was like a one night song I'm trying to think of like a long like Elo Milo on Billy's record Mm -hmm. took forever like that was a song that we had like some melodies for like how long would you say that took like a couple months but not like sitting down and working on it every day we just would we would try it out and sort of see if we had any good ideas and kind of not have any good ideas and then one day we had some of the melodies worked out, and then Billy was like on a flight to I think Fashion Week or something, and and on the plane had really good ideas and sent them to me, and I was like, oh, those are amazing. So um, you do it all on your computer. Uh huh. Yeah. There's no there's no cool notebooks or napkins or fogged up glass on a car window for me to show lyrics. It's all iPhone. It's, I use an app called Evernote on my iPhone, and hmm. then just same thing on a computer. I think it's so crazy that. You know, where when we all fall asleep, where do we go? It's it blew up, yes, and it became a cultural moment. Just crazy, that right? album, it's insane. Yeah, isn't that crazy to think that you did that all like via your just laptop and super cause, crazy? Because people would think you needed like a high tech studio, but you really uh-huh. don't. I know it's very wild, and um, I mean, really, I hope it's really empowering for kids that you know are in the same. I was trying to explain this to a, a, a person yesterday that like when I first started recording music myself, like sitting at my own computer recording it, I think I was like 15. And um, like I knew z- like like a 0.0, like I knew nothing about it. And yeah. even like figuring out the right terms to Google to find out how to start recording was complicated. Even going like how to plug microphone into computer. And yeah. like people like it it was just I was at like ground zero. And so it, it took so long for me to learn anything. And I think hopefully just in the um seven years since I was fifteen, probably because, you know, way more young people are producing music themselves even than then. 
you know, my hope is that information is really easy to access for kids and yeah. that they don't feel like someone else holds the the secret ingredient. Because I definitely felt that way. I definitely felt like the grownups knew what they were doing and I was just a kid and I had stupid ideas. But and like then, that's changing now, I feel like I in think society. So. I, ho- I hope so. Yeah, I really hope so. Because I think, I mean, the stuff I'm the most impressed by, like myself as a producer and other producers, like, it's, you know, apologies to my like like old older producer friends who are all brilliant like all the stuff i'm really impressed by is like made by like 16 year olds these days because like like soundcloud yeah like so many incredible people are on there and yeah some only have like 200 views isn't that crazy yeah that's like where i get the most excited is when i find something brand new yeah like modern technology is so cool my brother's in college and Uh he started just making music with his friends via his computer and i'm like you know go you like that's so awesome right yeah is college a thing you think you want to go to? Yeah. Where, why? Um, I think for me, I think like traditional like school, it's not for me. Like I go to high school, uh-huh. but like my brain doesn't necessarily like test this, this like my, I'm a very like creative person. Yeah. You seem like it. Thank you. I like to, you know, I like to sew. I like to That's like awesome. do a bunch of fun stuff and it's. It's hard when everyone's like, oh, my God, I have to get, like, an A, and people are crying over a 92 because it wasn't a 95 for yeah. a test. And I think, you know, when you – you have to kind of uh, put things into perspective. Yeah. And I feel like, you know, doing this podcast, it kind of has for me, mm. like, knowing what really is important to me. And mm-hmm. I think going to school is important to me. Interesting. Um, for me, I just feel like I wouldn't want to do just, like, math and reading, which is great for some people. Like my brother loves that. But I think I'd want to go to a very like creative arts. Interesting. Just to learn more and what I can. I guess I find that all interesting because you're essentially saying you want to go to college, but you're not interested in scholastics, which I'm not either. But I never wanted to go to college. So anytime I meet someone who's like interested in the arts. Because I love learning though. That's the thing. Well, I learn. Yeah, no, but I love learning in um, the sense of with a bunch of other people, and I think uh-huh. it's so fun. If I can give you one piece of advice, I think you already seem very creative and very thoughtful and, and like, you have a real sort of awareness of who you are as a person. And I, I always worry that when people go to art schools, they're too willing to have other people tell them what's wrong with their art. And I, yeah. I, would, I would encourage you not to let people boss you around. You go to, go to art school. Tons of people have come out of art school and had a wonderful time. But just don't let people tell you that your art's not good. Because I've had friends that have had that happen. It's all about interpretation. Like it doesn't exactly. You exactly. Know? They'll interpret it, and they might they might give you an idea that's interesting that you can try. But if they just don't get it, then you get you have to go like, well, I I understand what I made, and you don't understand yeah. what I made. A new season of Bridgerton is here, and with it, a new season of Bridgerton, the official podcast. I'm your host, Gabrielle Collins, and this season, we are bringing fans even deeper into the ton. Colin Bridgerton has returned from his travels abroad. Is betrothal written in the stars for The Eligible Bachelor? Meanwhile, the ton is reverberating with speculation of who holds Lady Whistledown's pen. We're discussing it all. I sit down with Nicola Coughlin, Luke Newton, Shonda Rhimes, and more to offer an exclusive peek behind the scenes of each episode of the new season. Watch season three of the Shondaland series on Netflix. Then fall in love all over again by listening to Bridgerton, the official podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
Subscribe to catch a new episode every Thursday. I used to have so many men. How this beguiling woman in her 50s. She looked like a million bucks. With zero qualifications. She had a Harvard plaque. Tricks her way past a wall of lawyers and agents. She's got all of these Maseratis and Bentleys all in the driveway. Is it like a mansion? Yes, it's a mansion. That this queen of the con uses to scam some of the biggest names in professional sports out of untold fortunes. About six million. Approximately $11 million. Nearly $10 million was all gone employing whatever means necessary to bleed her victims dry. She would probably have sex with one of her clients. Hide your money in your old rich man, because <laughs> she is on the prowl. Listen to Queen of the Con, Season 5, The Athlete Whisperer, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. We started talking about this incident. Drugs and uh, officials cover up... <laughs> You couldn't believe it. From iHeart Podcasts. It's like the police knew who he was before they got here. A story about money, power, and corruption. The medical school dean at USC was leading a secret double life. He's breathing. Yes, he's absolutely breathing. I'm a doctor, actually. There's no way that that guy's a doctor. I'm Paul Pringle, and I'm an investigative reporter for the LA Times. This is the story of an investigation that starts in a hotel room in Pasadena, California, and reaches all the way to the top of two of the most powerful institutions in the city of Los Angeles. When people fall in line, they fall in line. Looking back, I realized, oh, everyone knew. This is Fallen Angels, the story of California corruption. We're always going to have predators. It's the good people who stand by and do nothing that allow them to flourish. Listen to Fallen Angels. A story of California corruption on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, my name's Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of On Purpose. I just had a great conversation with Michael B. Jordan, and you can listen to it right now. Michael is known for his performances in both film and television. His breakout role was in Fruitvale Station playing Oscar Grant, which earned him widespread praise and numerous award nominations. His portrayal of Killmonger in Marvel's Black Panther, one of my favorites, further solidified his status as one of Hollywood's leading actors, earning him widespread acclaim for his complex and compelling performance. In our conversation, Michael really opens up. You're going to love listening to it, and I can't wait for you to check it out. The closest to getting what you want is always the hardest. It's always the feeling when you're getting ready to, you know, people give up right before they get what they've always wanted to get. People quit. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi there, I'm Bob Pittman, chairman and CEO of iHeartMedia. Welcome to Math & Magic, stories from the frontiers of marketing. This week, I'm talking to the one and only Ryan Seacrest. Love the connection to people. I think at the core what I get excited about, what gets me up in the morning is connecting with people in an unscripted, unvarnished way is getting to to say something to them, hear back from them, know that I'm part of the routine. And I look forward to getting on the air. I look forward to it. In these exciting times, we're looking to the math, the strategy and analytics and the magic, the creative spark more than ever. Listen to Math & Magic on our very own iHeartRadio app, 
Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. A new season of Bridgerton is here. And with it, a new season of Bridgerton, the official podcast. I'm your host, Gabrielle Collins, and this season, we are bringing fans even deeper into the ton. Colin Bridgerton has returned from his travels abroad. Is betrothal written in the stars for The Eligible Bachelor? Meanwhile, the ton is reverberating with speculation of who holds Lady Whistledown's pen. We're discussing it all. I sit down with Nicola Coughlin, Luke Newton, Shonda Rhimes, and more to offer an exclusive peek behind the scenes of each episode of the new season. Watch season three of the Shondaland series on Netflix. Then fall in love all over again by listening to Bridgerton, the official podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribe to catch a new episode every Thursday. I used to have so many men. How this beguiling woman in her 50s. She looked like a million bucks. With zero qualifications. She had a Harvard plaque. Tricks her way past a wall of lawyers and agents. She's got all of these Maseratis and Bentleys all in the driveway. Is it like a mansion? Yes, it's a mansion. That this queen of the con uses to scam some of the biggest names in professional sports out of untold fortunes. About six million. Approximately eleven million dollars. Nearly ten million dollars was all gone. Employing whatever means necessary to bleed her victims dry. She would probably have sex with one of her clients. Hide your money in your old rich man, because <laughs> she is on the prowl. Listen to Queen of the Con, season five, The Athlete Whisperer, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. We started talking about this incident. Drugs and uh, officials cover up. <laughs> You couldn't believe it. From iHeart Podcasts. It's like the police knew who he was before they got here. A story about money, power, and corruption. The medical school dean at USC was leading a secret double life. He's breathing right now? Yes, he's absolutely breathing. I'm a doctor, actually. There's no way that that guy's a doctor. I'm Paul Pringle, and I'm an investigative reporter for the LA Times. This is the story of an investigation that starts in a hotel room in Pasadena, California, and reaches all the way to the top of two of the most powerful institutions in the city of Los Angeles. When people fall in line, they fall in line. Looking back, I realized, oh, everyone knew. This is Fallen Angels, the story of California corruption. We're always going to have predators. It's the good people who stand by and do nothing that allow them to flourish. Listen to Fallen Angels. A story of California corruption on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, my name's Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of On Purpose. I just had a great conversation with Michael B. Jordan, and you can listen to it right now. Michael is known for his performances in both film and television. His breakout role was in Fruitvale Station playing Oscar Grant, which earned him widespread praise and numerous award nominations. His portrayal of Killmonger in Marvel's Black Panther, one of my favorites, further solidified his status as one of Hollywood's leading actors, earning him widespread acclaim for his complex and compelling performance. In our conversation, Michael really opens up. You're going to love listening to it, and I can't wait for you to check it out. The closest to getting what you want is always the hardest. 
It's always the feeling when you're getting ready to, you know, people give up right before they get what they've always wanted to get. People quit. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you ask two people the same exact set of seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including actress and star of the mega hit sitcom Friends, Courtney Cox. You can't go around it, so you just go through it. This is a roadblock. It's going to catch you down the road. Go through it. Deal with it. Comedian, writer, and star of the series Catastrophe, Rob Delaney. I shouldn't feel guilty about my son's death. He died of a brain tumor. It's part of what happens when your kid dies. Intellectually, you'll understand that it's not your fault, but you'll still feel guilty. Alt-rock icon, Liz Fair. That personal disaster wrote Guyville. So everything comes out of a dead end. And many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. What do you think your favorite part of social media is and what do you hate about it the most? Because um, it can be really great and really awful at the same time. Well, I think, I feel like, you know, we, in our specific instance, the whole reason that we have a career is because of our yeah. sort of social media platform that we've been able to stand on and, and broadcast our music to. So so I feel sort of entirely indebted to social media. Um, I mean, I think it's definitely like, been a sort of a leveling field for other uh, forms of, of media and entertainment. And I think that's like a good and a bad thing in certain ways because people aren't able to like really control the narrative of something. And I think that's that's a positive thing. And I think yeah. sometimes it's a negative thing because it just means that people's random opinions and hot takes of things are taken as seriously as sort of fact. And I think that yeah. that's kind of BS. But I think in general, the internet's, you know, provided... M- everyone in this room with like career opportunities. So I think that that's really exciting. That is completely true. I think there are so many pros and cons to it. And then if you think about, I feel like everybody feels like they have an opinion on the internet. Yeah, and they totally. like, It's like they feel the need to share that. Oh, I so agree with you. And it's, it really like yeah. annoys me. Like, and mm-hmm. I think the, the example I'd give, and this isn't the internet, but like I was watching a movie. I, was, I think I was watching like Captain America one time. Never with, seen it. In a movie theater with a friend of mine. Okay. And there was a trailer for, I think, movie Red Sparrow. In in the like that was the trailer yeah. running, and my friend leaned over to me, and he was like, "I'm not a really, I'm not a Jennifer Lawrence fan," and I was like, "Oh no, do you want me to tell her?" Like I was yeah. like, "Who <laughs> cares if you're?" Yeah, yeah that's she's so a, true. She's a bazillionaire, uh-huh. and and also incredible, and also like you're just sitting here having an opinion, and to me that's like the distillation of like a lot of what like internet reviews of things. Oh are. yeah, or like I don't yeah, and like what do you matter. gain from saying that? Um, I think I think people feel a certain way and then feel like they're they're unique for sharing the way yeah. that they feel. It's an odd thing. I mean, but then I think a lot of people like in my life, the like bonding points to me in my life are are more negative than positive. Like if I if I dislike something the same amount as someone else, like I can't stand like like styrofoam yeah, being like 
touched kind of in any Mm -hmm. way you know what i mean when you try to break styrofoam up put it in a trash can or something that like that's my like nails on a chalkboard when i found someone else that like hates that also i'm like wow we have so much in common because when you have something to bond over it's like but it's like negatives are more potent than positives i think i think if you go i agree with i love the beatles someone else goes oh my god me too it's one thing but if you go like i hate so-and-so the other person goes oh i also don't like their music at all you know yeah isn't that interesting yeah how do you feel if you know, since you've released a lot of music yeah. and the internet can go like ham on everyone's opinions, how do you keep it in a healthy way and have a healthy relationship with social media? I have a super unhealthy relationship with the internet. A lot of the internet loves the stuff that we've made. And if they hated it, I would be depressed. I yeah, base so much sense. of my self-worth on the internet. It's bad. It's, but it's that's not... so many people. And the fact that you actually say it, so many people are like, no. Like... I know. People love to pretend that they would be fine <laughs> yeah. with that. And I like whenever someone gets like, and public shaming is one thing because oftentimes that's actually correlated with someone doing something reprehensible, right? Like yeah. saying something racist or whatever, and then they get publicly shamed. And I think that's in certain terms kind of healthy. You go like there's the consequence because for your you learn thing. from it. But then there are cases like when like Friday came out, like the Rebecca Black song, and she like immediately got like death threats. And I was like, Yeah. Well, that's so crazy. If you look and, at like the dislikes on that video, it's yeah. It's like she was a teenager. I know. I know. And Rebecca's a friend of mine and it's it's you know, she's when I first met her, I tried to just sort of leave her alone about it because yeah. I I'm the same age as her. So when I was 13, she was 13 when that video came out. And I remember like when I was like 19 and I got to know her, I was like after a couple days of knowing her, I was like I have to ask you some questions about how you dealt you with ease that. Into it. Because I was so I was so impressed. I think mainly yeah. it's like when you because I didn't ever have to – nobody knew who I was at 13. And when you're and, exposed to it at such a young age. Yeah. Well, and then that's like when stuff is actually scary. Like you read like death threats online and it's actually, you know, really yeah. concerning at that age. Because you don't know sense. what to take seriously and what someone is just saying behind the screen. I think the kids that are that have handled it in the most impressive fashion – I mean now it's Greta Thunberg. But for the Honestly, past two years it was, yeah. it was uh, the uh, – Parkland students, the Selma Douglas High School students, their response to everything and the amount of hatred that came their way for, you know, surviving a school shooting. And And the way they handled it. Yeah, so wild. Credit Thunberg, she's just amazing. And it blows my mind that all of these, like, Mm grown-ups are making, like, fun of and just being so rude to, what, she's 16? I think they're really, like, furthering her point. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. They're making her seem... Even even more yeah. powerful and and I think like you know in certain ways like yeah just just even stronger and and even more important in her cause and in her stance and so yeah I I, uh, I think it's hilarious if you if you were a person that would if you were a climate change denier or you know whatever yeah. and you spoke out against person it's like you're you're valorizing their whole opinion exactly they just crazy. Don't think. Well, I want to talk about your EP. Okay. I just want to say, I lost a friend. When I heard that, I was like, whoa. Really? I went through a very similar situation, just slowly disintegrated. Yeah. What, how did you heal from that? Because it's really hard. It's so hard. I'm sorry. I'm sorry that you went through the same thing that I went through. And I feel like the the thing that the song has taught me more than any other thing is just that so many people have. Yeah. Because I guess I, and part of the reason I wanted to write that song was was that I didn't, you know, when you like, when you go through an emotional experience in your life and you know what song to put on. Yeah. Like to me, mm-hmm. like, I don't know, like I went through some breakup and I, like, I, like when I was much younger and I was like, 
I know that I want to listen to this song, The Best of You by Foo Fighters. I was like, I just know that that's how I'm feeling right now. And I guess to me, the the feeling of like a close personal friendship falling apart, I didn't have like a soundtrack to that. And so I just- Perfect song. I was like, I have to write it. But it's been it's been sobering and also sort of comforting that so many people go through that with their friends and have friendships that fall apart. And I think the funny thing about a friendship falling apart is oftentimes, if it's your best friend, they've been with you through all the it's other- It's worse than like a breakup in a relationship. Well, but it's like when you have a best friend, they were there with you through the breakup and everything, you know? So anyway, uh, writing that song, I mean, that was a, helpful in the healing process of, of uh, going through that. And um, I mean, in, in my specific instance, I was able to reconnect with, with my friend and, and we're, you know, we're close again. But I've, I've also had friendships in my life fall apart and have not been able to, you know, reconcile them for whatever reason. And that's really tough because you you don't get a sense of closure. So yeah. that's really tough. But, I you know, my hope is that, you know, people understand that, like, they're they're usually not to blame or blameless really it's kind of everything happens for a reason i truly believe that oh interesting do you believe that no really yeah no i i don't there's too much super sad that's true uh, i'm in my bubble though right now right yeah i think on a kind of a personal like whatever like destiny means to a person you can kind of let that yeah you go like wow if i'm not talking about the wider world right that's yeah Yeah. okay well then yeah i I understand that if you're in your personal life you go like wow if i hadn't made that one mistake i wouldn't have ended up here and this is the the greatest you know what i mean it's like one of those funny things yeah if that thing that i wanted more than anything had worked out i wouldn't have gotten the thing that was even better but then there's like you just get to a place where you're like oh there's like that kid was born with brain cancer and you're just like Everything happens that for a reason. Stuff, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> so that's crazy. the stuff that just doesn't make right. sense in the world. But yeah, I think on a personal level, I think that's a, a comforting thing to to think in your life. So in the future. Yes. When you probably win many Grammys. Oh, release many stop more it. albums. Yeah. How do you want to be remembered as an artist? Oh, that's so interesting. Wow. That's so cool. I mean, I, I guess I, I would compare, you know any music that I'm making to to the importance of the music that I loved when I was younger. Yeah. Um, and I guess to the importance of music that I love now. But I feel like really when you're like 10 to 20 is like when you're just when you're deciding your your real taste in in art and in sort of what you're consuming and you you form real opinions and you and you really feel heard and seen and you're you're I mean 10 to 20 is like all your firsts you're going that through like so every true. like real emotion and emotional experience for the first time and a lot of that music carries you through those i think to me like anytime anyone tells me that they've had an experience with my music that I can then relate to like an experience I had with music growing up or yeah. a live show. That's that's plenty for me. So I guess, you know, just just little things like that are, are kind of more meaningful and make me feel the most joy is is hearing, you know, how how music resonates with people, you know. Yeah, music is insane. Just what it does yeah. and how it affects people. I think it's so beautiful. Well, it's one of the few art forms that fits into like every other art form, right? It's like Yeah. There's, you know, it's it's so sort of universal, which is really exciting. Well, just congratulations on Thanks all the so success. Much. And thank you so much for coming on my podcast. Thanks for taking time to sit with me. I really appreciate it. Awesome. Well, thank you. Thanks again. Give it up for Phineas, everybody. <laughs> Make sure you check out Phineas's EP, Blood Harmony, and follow Phineas on all of his socials. 
And also follow me on Instagram. It's at itssammyj, I-T-S-S-A-M-M-Y-J-A-Y-E. And I also highly recommend you following our podcast account. It's sammyj.letsbereal. I'll see you guys for the next episode. Bye. Managing your diabetes just got easier. The powerful new Dexcom G7 lets you see your glucose numbers on your compatible watch and phone without finger sticks. And because Dexcom G7 is the most accurate CGM system, you can be confident in your food, exercise, and medication decisions. And all those decisions can lead to big results, like more time in range and lower A1C. Get started at Dexcom.com. Dexcom data on file 2023. If your glucose alerts and readings from the G7 do not match symptoms or expectations, use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom.com compatibility. A new season of Bridgerton is here. And with it, a new season of Bridgerton, the official podcast. I'm your host, Gabby Collins. And this season, we are bringing fans even deeper into the ton. Watch season three of the Shondaland series on Netflix. Then fall in love all over again by listening to Bridgerton, the official podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribe to catch a new episode every Thursday. It's like the police knew who he was before they got here. From iHeart Podcasts. The medical school dean at USC was leading a secret double life. He's breathing right now? Yes, he's absolutely breathing. I'm a doctor, actually. A story about money, power, and corruption. When people fall in line, they fall in line. Looking back, I realized, oh, everyone knew. I'm Paul Pringle, an investigative reporter for the LA Times. Listen to Fallen Angels, a story of California corruption on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast, and I had the opportunity to talk to one of Hollywood's major icons, Michael B. Jordan. In our conversation, Michael shares the highs, the lows, and everything in between, offering a genuine glimpse into his world. The closest to getting what you want is always the hardest. People give up right before they get what they've always wanted to get. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Stephanie J. Block. And I'm Mary Lee Fairbanks. And we host Stages Podcast. Binge close to 100 episodes. Hear the inside stories from backstage and behind the scenes as we go beyond the resume and into the heart of creativity and what it really takes to be in the business of show business. Don't miss our chats with this season's Tony nominees. If you love theater and entertainment, you are going to love Stages Podcast. Subscribe to Stages Podcast wherever you listen to your podcasts and visit us at stagespodcast.net.